You are listening to The Riding NFL DFS Podcast with Pat James. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Ride In NFL DFS Podcast. Branching out, though, it's not just the NFL DFS Podcast anymore. Best ball, prop bets, getting into basically everything. And, you know, I've always participated in all facets of fantasy football. In fact, I got my start writing fantasy content uh, for redraft. You know, I mean, and that was like eight years ago. So um, DFS really wasn't even, hadn't even taken off yet. Um, so I'm, I'm actually glad that I'm kind of getting back into touching on all the different uh, facets of fantasy football. So today I tried to pick uh, a favorite target and also someone that I'm also uh, trying to avoid or at least not getting a ton of because of where they're at in my rankings. So this podcast is basically my favorite targets and also players that I'm avoiding and I'll do the first four rounds today and then like in the next consecutive podcast I'll touch on rounds five through eight, nine through twelve, and so on. Um, and this is how my my best ball strategy works. I know I've had some guys on that have talked about building a pro- portfolio. And um, if you're playing 100 or 150 best ball teams, then yes, it's like it's kind of like a GPP in DFS where you're trying to, you know, limit exposure to risky players, but make sure that you have a certain amount of uh, a certain smattering of everyone just so that you are not... Um, drawing dead on a huge bankroll of 100 or 150 teams. My personal strategy, I'm probably doing between 20, 30. This year, maybe a little bit more. I feel like I'm, I'm already off to a, a quick start with the best ball drafts, but I take who I like. Um, you know, down the road, maybe when I have 15, 20 drafts completed, I'll take a look and if I have a ton of a certain player, maybe lay off them a little bit. But I am not, you know, trying to hit a target percentage exposure. I just basically draft who I love, who I think is going to have a big 2020 season. And that's that's basically the gist of it. So here in the first round, I think Dalvin Cook, you know, I've been getting a ton of him basically because I have him as my third overall player. Um, So after Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, I want Dalvin Cook. I have him ahead of Zeke, ahead of Michael Thomas, ahead of Alvin Kamara. I just think, you know, before he was injured last year, he led the league in carries per game. He was getting the ball fed to him at the goal line. Um, 32 rushes inside the 10-yard line, which topped the league. He converted more than a third of those. 11 of those went for touchdowns, which also led the league. You know, he catches the ball really well out of the backfield. He has that game-breaking speed where he could turn the corner and just take off. And, you know, his his competition, Alexander Madison, fairly ineffective last year. Um, not a great receiver, or at least not as good as Dalvin Cook. <clears throat> and 23% of the Vikings' rushes inside the 10 went to Madison. Now, that's because Cook was banged up a little bit. But he only converted on one of those. So... If Cook can stay healthy this year, I think he gets all of the work that he can handle. And we've seen what happens when he does. He was a clear number two running back in the league last year behind Christian McCaffrey. Those first 
that first half of the season. You know, he was in my DFS lineup until they adjusted his price a lot. So yeah, definitely Dalvin Cook, probably my favorite first round target. Um, if I can get him, you know, the drafts that I love the most are the ones where I have that fifth, sixth, seventh pick and he falls. I usually really like the start uh, of those best ball teams. The player that I, I, I'm i drafting, uh, because in some drafts he's fallen to the top of the second round, and I, I don't mind taking him there. But DeAndre Hopkins, you know, I've soured a bit on him over the last few weeks. In, in the first few drafts, I did take a bit of him, but I think I'm going to be laying off for a little while. Uh, it's just, I think there's a, a lot of, weapons for Kyler Murray, um, you know, obviously Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Kenyon Drake, the uh, ability for Kyler Murray to run the ball. The Cardinals are going to have four wide receivers on the field at pretty much all times. Um, I do, like I said, I love getting him in the second. He's fallen to me there in a few drafts and I'm fine with that, but I would much rather have Tyreek uh, or even Devontae Adams who have been going after him in a lot of drafts. Um, my, my fear is that he just doesn't get the ball fed to him like he did in Houston, like Deshaun Watson uh, was just peppering him with targets. I think that uh, in Arizona, in a first year in, the, in a new system with uh, a bit more uh, spreading the ball around by Kyler Murray, that he just is not going to pay off that that first round ADP. So I'd much rather, like I said, scoop up Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams there. So in the second round, man, do I love Austin Eckler. And I think a lot of people see Austin Eckler. He was really a scat back, a nobody, uh, a small school guy that, um, you know, not a lot of people thought highly of until last year. So here's the thing. He got a huge contract extension. You know, they, the Chargers didn't do anything else at running back behind him. Don't give me that Josh Kelly baloney. I mean, people are on Twitter saying that Josh Kelly is going to cut into Eckler's backfield workload, and I just can't see it. You know, I mean, if you've watched Josh Kelly at UCLA, he was pretty good. He had some big games against some inferior competition. I remember, I think, I think it was against Arizona State. He ran for four touchdowns. But a lot of his production was against teams that, UCLA had overmatched uh, on the line of scrimmage. He did not play well against superior competition. So I just don't see him coming in, rookie, no training camp, right off the bat, with Austin Eckler getting a huge contract extension and just hopping right in and, and you know, getting all these goal line carries or whatever it is that people think he's going to, uh, whatever workload he's going to assume. In addition to that, you know, Pouncey will be back uh, from that neck injury, uh, they went out and got a bunch of offensive line help. So I think the offensive line is improved. And we we could, we saw what Austin Eckler could do in weeks one through four when Gordon was holding out. I mean, he just dominated. And I know it's a new year, new quarterback, but the receiving potential as well as the idea that he's going to push for 20 touches like he did in that early part of last season just makes me love grabbing Eckler, uh, you know, anywhere in the second round. Usually you, you can get him in the middle, but sometimes somebody, you know, is high on him and he, and he comes off the board near the top of the second. Uh, but I also think an early switch to Justin Herbert would be huge if Tyrod struggles. 
because then I think we would see a little bit of a target bump in, in checkdowns. But Austin Eckler, no qualms about drafting him in the second round, especially if I can get like a Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler start. Or if, you know, I do end up taking Tyree Killer, Devonta Adams uh, at the back in the back end of, of round one. Coming back, I feel fine with Austin Eckler as my RB1, and I know that's a polarizing opinion because a lot of people think that he's going to fall off and this Chargers offense isn't going to be very good. But I think that Eckler is someone that we all should be targeting um, as he takes on this somewhat of a feature role in, in the Chargers offense. Okay, round three. Todd Gurley, the Todd father. Listen, he's 25 years old, and now he takes the reins of an explosive offense. What are the worrisome parts of Gurley being drafted onto your fantasy team? Well, he hasn't passed his physical yet. We don't know if he's fully healthy, but that is absolutely it. He, listen, he struggled last year against behind a terrible Rams offensive line. And you know now he's in a much better situation on a much more uh, explosive offense. You know, Listen, I love Sean McVay and what he did two years ago, but I feel like that was a mirage. And we saw the struggles of the Rams offense last year, and I think that continues this year uh, somewhat with Jared Goff. I mean, now he has Matt Ryan, a better offensive line. I just think Gurley, if he is healthy, and we saw it last year, you know, the Rams fed him down the stretch, and he had a pretty solid end to the season. It's definitely a gamble. And by no means am I happy if Todd Gurley is my RB1. Meaning, you know, if I go wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver tight end to start a best ball, I'm probably going to not go Todd Gurley as my RB1. But, however, if I have one of those first couple picks and I start Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, you know, Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and then in the third round I come back and Todd Gurley's my RB2, I love it. Or even if I start, you know, three running backs and, and Gurley's my RB3, I'm in love with that because he really does have the potential in that offense with a healthy knee to really smash round three value there. I mean, we saw it. We've seen it from him. You know, just two years ago, he's only 25. He could absolutely be the RB1 um, if he's healthy in this Falcons offense. So I'm going to give you two that I like in round three. And you guys know this one if you've listened to my NFL prop betting podcast uh, recently recorded over the last few weeks, Juju Smith-Schuster, my goodness, 1,400 yards a season ago with Big Ben healthy. I mean, he has the ability to lead the league, not just the division, not just the AFC, the entire league in receiving yards. I mean, I like him more than guys that are going ahead of him in best ball, like Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup. I just can't imagine that he's not going... More towards the end of the second round, considering it looks like Big Ben will you know, be ready to roll and he's just been an outright stud before last season uh, with Ben at the helm. And that was even with Antonio Brown. That was playing second fiddle to Antonio Brown. So just Juju Smith-Schuster's, his ability, the offense that he's in, getting Big Ben back, uh, you know, I think those things are not being weighted heavily enough. People are looking at last season, maybe looking at uh, some of the injuries that he had, and um, they're not, I feel like this is a case of them not projecting forward. They're, they're looking a little bit too much into the past here at Juju. I love snagging him as my wide receiver one 
if I have uh, an early pick and I, and I go, uh, you know, running back, running back, or running back tight end, and then Juju in the third round as a wide receiver one, I think that's dynamite because he has a really good shot um, to be a, a wide receiver one this year and maybe even, you know, a top uh, five wide receiver in the league. The third round player that I'm not too too thrilled about is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, you know, it's a, this is a tough one because the draft capital suggests that he'll join the fray immediately, which he probably will. And, you know, I don't doubt that. But Damian Williams is not going away. He had a monster playoff run, basically averaged 100 yards and two touchdowns over the Chiefs' three-game playoff stretch that resulted in a Super Bowl championship. I just cannot see Hilaire coming in and just completely outworking and out-touching Williams right off the bat, you know, without an injury to Williams, which is certainly possible, but I'm not betting on it. As long as Williams is healthy, that backfield will be a, a split backfield, and I just don't think that a third-round uh, price on Edwards-Hilaire is, is enticing right now. I think, you know, wait on that, because as camp starts, we hear things about Damian Williams getting first-team reps, and things of that nature, we will see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fall a little bit, you know, to the fourth, fifth round, and that's when you could snag him. As of for right now, I'm drafting Damian Williams at his fourth, fifth round price because I think he may creep up, and those two uh, ADPs may meet in the middle somewhere. So I'm drafting Damian Williams now at a discount, and then hopefully Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with some of the coach speak and and camp reports that come out in July and August, he falls, and then I get him at a value uh, later in the off season. I also don't love Leonard Fournette this year. Um, and the main reason I'm not loving Fournette is that he is going to see less targets. That is just a given. The Jaguars went out and drafted Colorado product, LaVisca Chenault. Absolutely loved watching him at Colorado. Um, you know, Pac-10 after dark, 10 p.m. games on the West Coast, just lighting it up. Now, he did have some injuries, but he's just such a good behind-the-line-of-scrimmage receiver. You know, I think the Jaguars are going to use him on a ton of behind-the-line-of-scrimmage passing plays. And then they added Chris Thompson as well, I mean, whose specialty is third-down receiving. Receiving. So that tells me that they did not love the fact that they threw the ball to Leonard Fournette 100 times a game. The Jags, you know, the running game is ineffective, um, at the goal line. And, you know, this is a polarizing opinion because a lot of people believe that Fournette's touchdowns will improve seeing as he only had three on 100, um, 1,100 uh, yards rushing last year. But I just think the Jaguars just might be ineffective uh, running the ball at the goal line, period. I mean, Fournette had 23 carries inside the 10-yard line. 14 of them went for no no yards or a loss of yards. And he just could not convert at the goal line. How many times... Did I have him in DFS and I just saw him smash into the line of scrimmage and fall down and it was just maddening. So I, I, I don't doubt that Fournette's touchdowns regress a little bit, um, meaning he, he scores a few more. But I also think that he's not going to see anywhere near 100 targets or 70 receptions this year. You could probably cut that into a third because Chris Thompson and LaVisca Chanel get involved. And I think I just think that's not a direction that they want Uh to use Leonard Fournette in. You know, I don't think that they want to just keep peppering him with ineffective, inefficient checkdowns. So I'm not a huge fan of Leonard Fournette in the third round. And I really, I'll be honest with you, I could not find a player that I didn't, that, that I could talk bad about in the fourth round. I pretty much love every player that's going in the fourth round at that value. 
Um, I'm going to highlight two specifically, but players like David Johnson, Allen Robinson, uh, Melvin Gordon, Zach Ertz. I, I don't mind really any of the players that have a fourth round ADP right now, but my two favorite are Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley. I mean, I don't know how you could have watched Robert Woods last year and thought anything other than he is just a dynamite player. He had 10 games of nine or more targets, and from week nine on, he averaged 11 targets a game. He's an excellent route runner, can get that separation in space that you know quarterbacks love to anticipate the throw there because they know exactly where he's going to be. I think he sees some touchdown regression. He only had two last year on 90 receptions. That definitely gets a little bit of a bump up. Obviously, Brandon Cooks isn't there anymore, so uh, there are some vacated targets. And they use him as a runner. 100 yards and a score the last two years on like seven, between 17 and 20 carries. So they love to run the ball you know, on those jet sweeps with Robert Woods as well. That's huge. I just can't see, and you know, the game script should be good for Woods. They should be trailing. I see another year where he approaches 140, 150 targets, and I think he he can eclipse 100 receptions this year and see a little bit of a bump in touchdowns. I absolutely love Robert Woods as my wide receiver too, and I'll be honest with you, I don't even mind. And I've started RB RB RB. Um, in a few drafts, and Robert Woods coming off the board as my first wide receiver in round four is, is something that I, I'm really happy about in those three RB starts. And then, I mean, Calvin Ridley, the buzz is all is all about him, and I'm buying into it. You know, the Atlanta offense is explosive. I love Matt Ryan. I think he's one of the most underrated players of, you know, the last decade. And Ridley's target share. I mean, who is taking targets away from Ridley aside from Julio Jones. Julio Jones is going to get his 150 targets. Then where do we go from there? There are a ton of targets on the table for a player like Calvin Ridley. You know, unlike a team like the Cardinals, where I said I was afraid for DeAndre Hopkins because they have three, four receivers on the field at the same time. And I think that, you know, Murray spreads the ball around a little bit and, you know, Drake can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, for Ridley, it's it's Julio and then a smattering of, of Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley, but I just think the Atlanta offense is, you know, going to have a big year, and Calvin Ridley in his third year, the infamous breakout third year for for Calvin Ridley, I see him having a, a pretty monster season, and, you know, in the fourth round, as your wide receiver two in a best ball, it's just, I, I can't really find the downside of taking Ridley in the fourth round as your wide receiver too. So just a quick recap. You know, I really like that middle pick in the first round. Obviously, I don't mind one of the the higher picks as well because I love all those running backs. But having Dalvin Cook fall to you at five or six is probably my optimal start. Um, And then if we move towards the back of of the first round, I'm, I'm avoiding DeAndre Hopkins. I'd rather take a guy like Tyreek Hill or or Devontae Adams back there if I'm going to take a receiver. Then when it wraps around, I am in love with taking uh, Austin Eckler. I think he's going to have a huge season and a feature role in, in that Chargers offense. And I actually just realized as I was going through and recapping that I did not tell you who I don't love in round two, so I'll do that right now. And that's Josh Jacobs. You know, he's creeping up to the beginning of the second round, and I'd much rather take 
you know, a stab at Aaron Jones or Austin Eckler, you know, for their receiving prowess. One of the things that I keep harping on is that it proves to be a forward thinker and not dwell on the past. And, I, and Mike Mayock came out and said that Jacobs will get more targets this year, but I'm not actually buying that that GM speak here in May. I think we have to, uh, you know, see how camp plays out. And I think we've already seen exactly how Gruden and the Raiders want to use him. The problem is, is he only played about half the snaps last year and occasionally got phased out of games because the Raiders were trailing, opening up Jalen Richard, who they just extended his contract. They brought in Devante Booker. I don't think Jacob's receiving role is going to bump up that much. So in the second round, or a guy that's going to you know, probably hit in some games when they, when they feed him the ball, but then not in others, I just don't want that out of my RB1 or my RB2. You know, when you're drafting an RB1 or an RB2 in best ball, you want them to be in your lineup the vast majority of the time. You know, I also don't believe in the Raiders' offense either, and that's something that I take into account. Uh, I want my my running backs on good offenses if I'm going to draft one that doesn't really catch the ball. And this is actually an instance where a boom-bust player in best ball is someone that I don't want. You know, I'd rather have Josh Jacobs in a redraft, to be honest, because I think it's easy to identify where he's going to have a good game, you know, against teams that they're, the Raiders are favored or, you know, close to evenly projected against, you can get him in your lineup because you can figure that he'll probably see those 20 carries. But then in games where you think they're going to get blown out, you know, like against the Chiefs, probably not a Jacobs game because that'll probably, you know, lend itself to having Jalen Rashard on the field a ton if they are trailing. So I actually don't like taking Jacobs in best ball. I'd rather have him in redraft because I think his workload and his output is a bit more predictable. Apologize for not getting that round two avoid in there uh, during the, the first part of the podcast. So in round three, I am going after Todd Gurley and Juju Smith-Schuster and avoiding Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Leonard Fournette. And then as we mentioned in round four, I'm all over my wide receiver, too, is Robert Woods or Calvin Ridley. So in, in a perfect world, those are the players that I land in those rounds, rounds one through one through four there. Um, I'm not going to reach too far for any of them. Um, you know, I'm just going to play it based off my rankings. If, if my next guy on the board is Robert Woods or Calvin Ridley, and I am getting them a lot because I do have them ranked a little bit higher than, than ADP. That's the thing with these best balls. I have... Dalvin Cook as my third overall player um, behind Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. So if I get pick three, I'm probably taking Dalvin Cook. If I get pick four, I'm probably taking Dalvin Cook. Now, that's going to lend itself to to me having a lot of Dalvin Cook as the best ball drafts go on. So he's a player that I'll probably have to take my foot off the pedal in August when I have a good percentage of him um, because I don't want to be too overweight on him. Uh, But that will do it for the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. I will be back in a few days, maybe on Sunday. I think I'll record rounds five through nine. Until then, stay safe and be kind to one another. You are listening to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James.